Welcome to Bald Business, the naked truth in entrepreneurship. Let's begin. From overcoming jail at age 17 to building his own company at age 26 in the peak of the recession, Mark Minard is the CEO and owner of DreamShine, which proudly serves individuals with special needs. Uh, Mark is a worldwide motivational speaker, best-selling author of leadership books and personal development books, which are The Story of You, Transforming Adversity into Adventure, Taking taking your dreams to the next level and beyond. And his newest book, which we're going to be talking about today, I'm really excited about, uh, now available for pre-sale, 16 Reasons Why Your Business Sucks, uh, How to Be Freaking Awesome at Every at every Level of Business, Leadership, Profits, and Building Your Own Dream. Mark also has his own podcast, uh, hitting over 4 million downloads and counting, uh, Elevating Beyond. So I'm interested and excited to learn about that as well. And Mark is a husband and father of five, so please don't come to him with the excuse that you don't have enough time. Mark says he's just an ordinary dude with extraordinary faith, believing all things are possible. Mark, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thank you. It's an honor to be here today, Michael, and be on your awesome show. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, so first and foremost, you know, I think it's important, um, you know, bald business, the naked truth and entrepreneurship. I like to provide people with the truth. Like, it's, it's not an easy journey. It can be a lot of fun, but it's also stressful, um, and, it, and it provides a lot of other um, interesting mountains to climb in your life, right? Um, so I, I think that just starting from the beginning, like your growth into entrepreneurship and kind of when you first knew, like, yes, entrepreneurship is going to be me. It's going to be my life, essentially. Yeah, the, it's definitely not... Uh, um a and B type. That's that's what's cool is like everyone, everyone's journey is absolutely different, and I'm always the first to say, and I'm I'm with you too. Is like, like first of all, just giving a little spiel here on the whole like the courses, like thirty nights to thirty days to success, and a lot of that freaking crap that's out there. Yeah, there's great ones out there too. Of course, I mean, I even have courses. But there's there's just so much, I think, you know, real people know that, but I've seen a lot of people unfortunately get caught up thinking, you know, it, it like my good man Dan Miller says, if you do the work you love, you'll never work another day for the rest of your life. And I get that philosophy, but I also, and he wrote the forward to my first book, but I also twist that around and push back on him. Actually, you'll work harder than you've ever worked in your life yeah absolutely. it's just it'll be attached to your purpose and your why and so that's what's going to keep pushing you to persist and persevere through it and so to get back to your your question of like when I knew um I didn't have like an exact exact moment I mean you kind of read like throughout my my bio definitely Mm -hmm. like struggled through school labeled with like um, ADHD and ABCD, EFG and all yeah, the whatever crap they have, yep. like, like the rest of us, I think. And, you know, just falsely believe that like successful people were, were just born that way. And, and I thought used to think, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm not, I'm not like them. Um, and I used, you know, it was mindset. And I just really believe that like, entrepreneurs, business owners, I'm just think like, you know, 
must be nice. They were just born into rich families, had it handed down to them. Right, right. Which we know is mostly a bunch of crap, especially when you're doing it from the ground up. And so, you know, I struggled in school because I just wasn't interested in most of the stuff that they had. Mm -hmm. Got into some trouble, wound up in uh in in jail and and really started flipping my life around then still not knowing what I was going to do um at least decided to go to college and we could have a whole other show on that whether or not <laughs> college is worth it in this right right um, I understand I think it depends on the for me at that season of my life it was at least a change to commit and to something and finish it yeah. gave you some discipline came, yeah what's that gave you some discipline absolute key that's the key right there Mm -hmm. it like disciplined me I think much more in like perseverance more than anything just to be able to finish and and I think that's that's a good thing that I got from it but but then I started like getting into the field of working with individuals with special needs um I always worked hard my brother had his own tile company out here in Ohio and I'd visit him in the summers I was in Colorado Mm-hmm. for college and I just do like labor for him for his tile company but that was like the first time Michael that I started seeing I think firsthand like whoa someone I know like personally in my family has their own company yeah and it was like the first time and I never really thought of it as like a thing and I'm like man that's I mean he he works his he works his butt off freaking mm-hmm. hard is such a hard worker build it from the ground up now it has a campground, but I think that was where like that first kind of like spark sort of ignited. Like, whoa, I didn't, I never even really thought about that. Like as a thing, like I, I actually could have my own business. Like that is a possibility. And how, how old were you at this time? I was like probably 20, okay. 21. Yeah. yeah probably tw- in like twenties, early twenties. And I still had Cause I started school like a year or two late. So I still had about um, a year or two left of school. Got it. And then I finished and I just moved out here or to Ohio actually where I am now. Right. And I'm like, I'm just going to do tile with you for a while till I figure some things out. And, you know, again, like it just, I didn't, I wasn't like, no matter what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. That's the only way for me. It's that or die. Right. I wasn't thinking, but I was starting to think like, whoa, like, okay, I I could see It's a possibility. Yeah. 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 And I mean, now it's, it's in my veins. It's all I know. It's all I'll ever do. It's been um, over like 14 years, but it it just, that's what I always tell people too. So like people seem to overthink like, well, how do I find my purpose? How do I know? And I'm like, you know, just keep doing something and and keep pushing yourself. And like along the way, as you keep like growing out of your comfort zone, you'll sort of like continue to be pulled. And sometimes by doing things, you can learn what you don't want to do. Cause I had a lot of crappy jobs and I worked for a lot of places with horrible leadership, but I was like, okay, if I'm ever in a leadership position, that's exactly what I'll make sure not Don't to do, do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, then some years down the line from working with individuals with um, special needs and developmental disabilities, I just continued really to see the problem that existed in the mm-hmm. field across the state, at least of Ohio. 
that after high school, there was just no options. And all they had was like these, um, I know you watch like some of my video clips, but yeah. like if everyone listening, if they haven't, like all they had was like these horrible institutionalized settings mm-hmm. that were like factories and it was just so depressing and they could just put machine parts together or crayons and a piece of paper here. You can just color all day, no interaction. And I, I love the field and I love like working with the different individuals, but I just mm. kept seeing like, man, there has to be like, at least like Michael, we all have options. Like even me choosing to be an idiot after high school and getting all involved in, in drugs and doing dumb things and even ended up in jail. Right. I, that was still a choice. And then I could, I was cooking at a Harley Davidson diner um, but I, again, a choice, or right. then I chose to go to call, like we have, uh, you can choose to work in McDonald's. You can choose to, we have choices and right. for them, there just was no, there's no options, there options. Yeah. And they needed, um, a lot of them needed full assistance with things like eating and just all different types of care. And so, you know, their, their parents still had to work and they, they need a place for them to be able to go and even enjoy their lives too. And so when I just, and then I got into special education, I just kept seeing again, more and more that there was no options. And so to kind of sum it up and try to move forward, I started thinking, okay, maybe I could open up something that would be different and be like on a kind of like non-institutionalized type setting. And not like a it's not a camp but I imagine like that type of like resort atmosphere that would be year-round and just all these awesome options and it's far away from institutionalized as you could get right and while working I just I spent a year researching like every Medicaid Medicare rule and law to get certified on the side while still working full-time teaching and um I connected with one other business owner that owned a company sort of similar on the other side of Ohio. And he was the first person I saw that was doing something different where they like had horses and stuff and cool options. And he, he really mentored me and he he didn't sugarcoat it, which is great. And he's like, Mark, you're going to be the first one opening on something on that side of Ohio and be prepared for a battle that's why he's like, you're going to have to get to know pretty much become a self-taught lawyer. Right. And he shared what he had to do and he had to fight in court to keep his program open. Cause unfortunately like the States and the counties owned a lot of the, the agencies at that time right. and controlled all the funding. So they sort of monopolized what well, they did. Right. Right. Monopolize it. And they weren't allowing like the free choice of the individuals to go to another place well, I think try not the, to overcomplicate it for because it can get complicated with a Medicaid, Medicare, but he had to fight them in court and uh and won. And it was it was like a, a year-long process. I mean, right. they owed him at one point, I think, five hundred thousand dollars in funding. Wow. He had already, you know, and he had payroll each week, every other week for all his staff. He had all the finance. So he had his mortgage on the line, his home, like everything, multiple loans out, was about to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. But this was funds that was all owed to him. So he did end up winning, um, still has an incredibly successful company. Now it's been for him, I think, like over 20 years. Wow. But he warned, he's like, look, 
And he was right. It happened. Yeah. So I well, that's what, so that was one thing I saw, which I think it's interesting to mention now in this part of your story is something that I, one of the videos that I watched, um, you got a lot of pushback and a lot of fight when you said, I'm going to give them equal pay to what they're doing. Um, yeah. right. Because you know, that everybody was saying, well, you know, it's, you know, seven bucks an hour, eight bucks an hour. And you were like, no, I'm, I'm going to pay them what they're worth. Yeah. Yeah. We also, we started, um, over the years, like a job program that was mm-hmm. intertwined. And we even have like an online store where all the funds go towards either like back into the program. Like we just got this awesome adaptive wheelchair swing that we, that we, it's, I, I can't even describe how cool yeah. it is. I'll have to show you a clip of it. Yeah. For but, sure. um, or we were making it where individuals could work and come to the program and instead of just doing machine parts could learn like to make these cool soy wax candles that we sell on our website or like gourmet chocolates or things like out in the community. We have these cool fire starters they make and deliver to the campground. And um, the the state and county programs, they do a lot of like they'd pay per part in those workshops. So it'd be like you get five cents per part that you assemble. Wow. So sometimes it'd be like, yeah, it was sometimes it'd be like I because I manage group homes, too. And I, their paychecks would come sometimes it'd be like 35 cents. And I'm That's like, wild. Yeah, right. So what they had was they could pay under minimum wage somehow. See, I, didn't, I didn't even catch that. I didn't even catch that on your videos. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I don't even know insane. if I went into depth about, about that. I'm glad you asked. And so I was like, no we're going to pay like at least minimum wage or more. Right. And they try to give me pushback and they're like, well, you're going to have to go through all these hurdles and hoops and we're going to make it more because they're only doing the per part and stuff. And and that's where I literally told them, like you said, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to record this phone call and you work high up at the state. Please repeat back to me that you want me to pay individuals that not only you want, you're trying to force me pay individuals with developmental disabilities, sub minimum wage. And this is going to make a great headline for the newspaper. Yeah. That's... And they backed off. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I've had other instances where they didn't like, you never know, but at least in that case they, they did, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Well, well, yeah, it is. But I think that, you know, having someone like you in that community you know, helping be that voice. I mean, I think that's, I just think that's awesome. I mean, I think that, Thank you. you know what I mean? It's just, it just kind of show goes to show like who you are and the character that you have essentially. So I think what you're doing is awesome. Oh, I appreciate it. It's an honor. So tell me, so tell me this, um, obviously. So is, let me ask you this first is dream shine. Is that kind of your first company that you started or did you have other things prior to that you'd kind of like toyed with? No, that, that would be, I mean, I I probably had other hobbies and things like that, but as far as business, yeah, that was the real first thing that I committed and built. And that was like in 2007 when that was started, Um, you know, started the work on it like a year before then right after that, the recession hit. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) So that, that's another great last, you know, it's good in these times for people to understand that to give hope to know yes. right Absolutely. no matter what there's no such thing as perfect conditions and you just mm-hmm. have to keep adjusting and also 
I learned the lesson throughout the recession to not watch the news every day and listen to it because people will be like, well, what are you going to do when the recession hits and they close all the funds and banks? And I'm like, you don't think I'm already like worrying about that and right. a million other things? Like I don't Correct. need more. I need to deal with what I can deal with, you yes. know, hope for the best and keep preparing for the worst and moving onward. Yeah, And, and that's what happens because, you know, we can get stuck. Oh, yeah. So what, what do you feel like is one of the hardest things that you say you have faced being an entrepreneur? Like what, what's like one of the biggest, you know, it could just be a struggle. It could be a fight. It could be a bad decision. But what do you feel like is one of the biggest things that you've had to, to get through being an entrepreneur? I think um, that's a great question. There's been a lot of different battles. I think something that I continue to learn was um, – really the importance of leadership and, and the leaders aren't like, you're not just born a leader. Like it's really like a muscle that you taught learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was so passionate about what I did and how we served our individuals. And I was, I was like cared about my team members and good to my staff, but I had so much more to learn about like crap. You have to actually, confront and have these like healthy conflict situations and you're you need to fire people that are bringing down the whole team and you're not serving your team by trying to fix them people please and yeah yeah, if they're not willing to grow yep and um that was something earlier that i really learned some hard lessons from by like keeping some people that were maybe like good to the clients but weren't good as part of the team or culture or really shared our values like at all right and lost some like really good team members as a result of honestly um being a coward as as a leader but the great thing was like that's when it was a good kick in the butt like whoa this is something i really need to learn to get better at Right. And that became like um, what developed like over the past kind of 10 years of on t- of top of being like an entrepreneur and businessman and stuff is that like developing leadership and then building and creating other leaders. Right. Yeah, for sure. So with that, obviously, I mean, that, that's a huge challenge in itself. I mean, I, I could even say that I've struggled with um, letting go of people at the right time or moving them on at the right time, right? Um, yeah. What, what do you believe is something that people have to consistently do to reach their goal? Like what, what's something you consistently do day in and day out or week in and week out that helps you continue to move forward? Because I think a lot of times, um, I was talking about this to one of my mentors the other day, is we get this idea that, well, if it didn't work the first time, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give up. Um, I've just kind of failed already. So why do I keep going? So we have to keep in front of ourselves, right? The next step. How do you do that? What is something that you do regularly that helps you keep moving forward? Something that I do. And again, I, I am all about opening up and being honest and being like, I, I still, you know, like the bat, the fear and the doubt, like still mm-hmm. hits me throughout the day of uh, at different times, you know, never completely goes away. Um, and people are lying if they say it, it, it does, but yeah. you get better at, you know, again, it's like a muscle and something I do is like one thing I have in my other office, I keep up like, um, 
even different like inspirational quotes and studying stories, like the story behind the story of people that have overcome adversity to achieve greatness right. is, is like what always continues to push me. Cause I'll look back and be like, um, I just had a, like, here's an example. I just had a lady named Mitzi Purdue on my show, whose husband, late husband was Frank Purdue. They, they own Purdue farms, which is a 6 billion. Oh, annual yeah. Company. I, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. And her dad founded Sheraton hotels during the great depression and she shares like the story behind that about how he took all this risk and was basically considered like a loser his whole life and was like in his late 20s and had no people skills, but then started buying these hotels during the depression when everyone was going bankrupt right. and learned that it was like a skill that he could learn and built it up and cared about his people, you know, and built it up into being... I think they had over like 400 hotels and 20,000 employees. At wow, one that's point awesome. Before. Yeah, from nothing. And he he just, conti- you know, saw like in, through grit and determination and, and learning and caring about people. And I look back at like stories like that, like, you know, they're just a person like you and I. Yeah, 100%. And if they did it, and so can I. And And I also will like keep, things up that like remind me of my why. So I have different things of like right. parents that have shared stories of how by their son or daughter being able to attend dream shine, how that like has oh, been so awesome. like amazing for them. And, you know, it just reminds me why I'm, why I'm doing everything or I have things posted up that like listeners have sent in of how the show has helped them and different things that I can just look at visually. And then I also keep, some things posted up of like the future of okay. where I'm wanting yeah. to go. And I always like to be like even bigger with those goals. So I dream shine, for example, we have our two and a half acre campus. It's come so far, but the future pictures I have has like a pirate ship Island. That's like all that's accessible awesome. for wheelchairs. It looks like Disney world. Yeah. It combines like a speaking stage for like I the events that. that we're doing. Um, for the leadership conferences. And so then that like keeps ins- inspiring me. And when you hit those, like you don't stop there. Right. You then have to keep, well, I, this is like what works for me. Then I keep creating other ones in different areas that like motivates me to step outside of like the circumstances that right. are around me. Of course. And be able to like step into that vision of what's becoming. So you're saying for you, the main two things are, um, reminders and goals you're basically keeping reminders in your back pocket at all times of that you can and that you have and that you are uh serving and helping and making a difference and then the goals of what you want that to look like in the future i think that's awesome yeah yes one thing that you said uh that says on your website uh and then we'll talk about the book a little bit uh because i really want to kind of get into that but you said we are put on this earth for a reason and that's to be the best you. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of knowing, well, what's the best me, right? So how do you go about telling someone like, um, for example, you know, someone comes to you and they say, well, I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't even, I don't even know how to become my best self because I don't, I don't even know where to start with that. What, what's your piece of advice? Like, how do you tell people how to start? 
when they're, when they're trying to just become a better version of themselves? Something I say, well, first of all, overthink, first of all, I let them know and join the club. Like neither yeah. did I. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. I um, got it. And, and also neither do most people if they really like take the time to reverse engineer and remember uh, it's easy to go back once you've got there and write the playbook once you've done it. And, and that's great. Cause like, you know, we've heard success leaves clues, but if you really like get to the story behind that, you'll see where they had a lot of moments where it's like, I don't, I have no idea if this is going to work or if this is taking me in the right direction. Right. But what I have learned is like, you just, you keep doing something and you just keep pushing yourself further from there to where you, you can just kind of feel like this, like I can, it's kind of like this pulling at your gut that just like keeps drawing you closer to it. And if you stop like moving towards that certain goal, then you can just sort of feel that that thing like doesn't go away. And, right. and I can't, this, I'm trying to describe it Hard the best way I can yeah. without giving like some type of canned answer. Right. I'm really trying to think about it, but it can, I think what can be scarier is when you can settle into what isn't a better version of you, but can look like success. Like my friend that was a lawyer at a law firm and about to become partner and was just miserable every day yeah. and hated it, hated the atmosphere um, and now, now he has his own publishing company awesome. that he yeah. totally left and did a, on a leap. Of, and he, but I think like, if you're just feeling that like, this isn't fulfilling me at all, and I'm not feeling like it's not connected to any like deeper version of my why. And another thing is when people want to keep growing and, and like being the best version of themselves, I think a huge step is what I was saying before too, is start finding some people like that you admire and don't just like look at their bios, but start like studying their story behind the story right, right. of how they really got there. And then you can start seeing how they grew through the different adversities and stuff and start like applying things that they did. And sometimes that just motivates you to know, crap they were more clueless than I was and right. sometimes I know for me like that would help like okay so I can keep going yeah well I think too a lot of times um we get to this point because there's you know we're, we're inundated with content every single day and I think that we get to this point to where we almost know too much and we're not willing to step back and start at zero because we're like well why would I start there if I already know how to do all this when really you've never really experienced step one. So you have to start at step one because you yourself don't really know what it's like to go through step one. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's so true. And just looking for like the perfect formula, like you said, there is so much information that can consume all your time. Mm -hmm. And, and the taking action is I, I compare it to is it's like, you're going after a treasure, like into the uncharted territories and maybe you found like a piece of an old treasure map and you're not even a hundred percent sure if it's real or not. And you're the right. first one that, that is going after it in this new territory. So you have like this little chunk and, and you have to start with something and you can like 
figure out different ways to get there. And it's like, okay, now there's this dragon guarding the cave that <laughs> yeah. that wasn't on the freaking map. Now I have right. to figure out how to kill a dragon. Okay. I have a pocket knife. I have, and that's like half of it is like you, <laughs> these new things hit no matter what anyone says, you can even have the perfect map. Yep. But they might not know, oh, this, by the way, like this volcano is going to erupt on the island halfway through your, you, you know, so that's, that's the thing too, is you just have to get into the trenches and you, you, you get It'll bloodied, work. you get beat yeah. down and, um, you know, you wear those scars as badges of honor. And I think that's what continues to prove that, you know, you're deve- and it's a lifelong journey. Of course. So I'm constant. I would never be like, and now I've learned to be the best me. Like, right. Heck no. Right. Still yeah, learning I, a bajillion things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you listen to um, any of Ed Milet's stuff, but um, he always says that the greatest self-development journey is entrepreneurship. Like you, you never stop. Like there's, you wake up every day, something happens and you're like, man, I didn't see that coming or I didn't realize this was going to happen. And you just got to figure it out. That is, that's so true. That's, I, I think you just nailed it with that. And and that is what I believe has built like emotional, like intelligence more than anything is being an entrepreneur. And it's like you deal with so many different problems at different levels. It prepares you when you get to that next level. Like I made it through that, that I thought would be impossible. And since I got through that, I know now that this is coming, this sucks. It's scary, but you're able to like build off of that. I know if I got through that, I can get through this. And I love that. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously you don't have to, you know, give us all the details, but 16 reasons why your business sucks, right? I mean, it's a a great (laughs) title. I I mean, I'll tell you that right now. It's a great title. Um, But what do you feel like, like, give us, you know, give us one or two things as to why you feel like most people are in this boat. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming I, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that part of this book is probably things, maybe there's 16 things that you were sucking at or not great at. And so you've discovered how to, you know, overcome and become great at those things. And, and you're now seeing that almost, you know, half or more than half of businesses struggle with these things. So give us one or two things that you feel like are really game changing when it comes to this idea that, you know, 16 reasons why your business sucks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This, this has been years in the making. Um, and yeah, that, like you said, it's been built off from, from building my company from the ground up for 13 years. And then also meeting with so many other business owners and getting to know them as friends of all different sizes, whether they had, whether they're solopreneurs or whether they had 10, 20 or some over 20,000 employees. Right. I kept seeing a lot of the, most of it's from my own personal experiences too of Of crap. I sucked here. Once I started to do this, it was like a game changer and sharing those stories. Um, And, and I mean, just given a breakdown, a really, depends you don't have to read it in order it so each chapter is just like i'll give you some examples i'm looking at it here that it's like chapter one your why sucks chapter two you suck at delegating how how to delegate your mindset um chapter three you suck at conflict it's like how to create a drama-free 
workplace. And then I have one like you suck at finances, which is a, and I don't get too far crazy in depth with it, but a Mm -hmm. lot of places don't like lay out some type of strategy for that as business owners. And I try to simplify it and just break down. Here's some things that I did that actually worked and how I started actually building up a savings after constantly not having enough money in the account to meet people coming (laughs) home crying at night. (laughs) Um, And I just get into like, you suck at fear, never make decisions based on fear. You suck at imagination, how to, you have to innovate to elevate. So like, and I'm just trying to give you like some things on other things is like, yeah, branching out, like building your team. Um, and, and so much of it is based on like growing and developing yourself at all levels, like as a leader. So you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Um, and I don't know if you touch on it at all in the book, but there's something else that you talk about on your website a few times. And I'm assuming you talk about it in a lot of your, uh, public speaking. It's the 24 hour rule on emotions. Um, I'm a, I'm a big, big a fan of emotional intelligence. Um, obviously, even just being a big fan of it, I've also read the book, um, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and, and kind of did a study group with that, just to, you know, kind of just... Yeah. And it's interesting to see how um, people do allow their emotions to control them, right? Um, and so for you, you know, this whole idea of twenty four the 24-hour rule do you mention or talk about in the book how overcoming emotions can affect many other decisions that you make? A hundred percent. Emotional and like building that emotional intelligence and and confidence, like muscle Mm -hmm. and skill is, is like the core of everything where I talked about like you suck at conflict or even here too, just flat out, you suck at self-awareness, self-accountability, and self-confidence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you suck at firing. It, it comes into all those. Um, it comes into each one of those. And, and the 24-hour rule, is, as you mentioned, you know, if, if anyone hasn't ever heard it, it's just when you're really upset about something emotionally um, and Anger is an emotion, you know, it's yeah. choosing whether or not to allow that to make you react right. is where that emotional intelligence comes in. And, you know, with like emails and texts and how quick things can come across too, you can misconstrue things and read it. And I would get like late, sometimes late at night, I, I, I would, you know, I'd love to say I perfectly had the end of the night routine where I <laughs> right. put the phone Sometimes I'm better at it than others, but, um, there's times late at, and I've gotten way better at that over the years too, but especially earlier on, I'd open it. Something would come through, like say I was battling a state for that sub minimum wage. And they wrote me like, you have to, you have to pay them less than minimum wage. And we're going to do a full audit on you if you don't. And like in the moment, you know, my heart's beat, I want to write back, like you, a lot of four letter words <laughs> <Right>. like talk <laughs> you you don't care about them and right right all this but that's where and and even like things I've had with team members at different times depending on that to not where it's like man that I've learned in in some situations you have you have to keep developing that emotional intelligence to you don't have you have to just take action right but in others like an email 
you don't have to respond to that at 11 at night. And that's where I've learned like 24 hours or at least like sleep on it. Yeah. And then wake up and allow your mindset to be a little more refreshed. And so then you're not just like responding in that moment of pure emotion. Right. hundred percent. You can respond with more of like a sound mind. And that's really where that 24 hour rule comes into play. And it has made like a big difference in throughout my life. Um, and it's, you know, it's not just for business for, for everything. If you apply that and realize like, Whoa, okay, I need to, I have every right to be mad, but if I don't give myself time to chill out and allow my emotions to calm down, I know I can make like a better decision and respond to get a, a better outcome. Right. The absolutely. Whole too. So then you're not creating a whole other fire and drama that you're having to, to put out on top of the actual problem itself. Does right. that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, just to tie that thought together, you know, I, I think that, so even, even in a, in a situation where someone is emotionally responding to you, right. If you can control that response from you to them, I think that that even helps influence them to, I don't, I don't know if you use the word relax or cool off or whatever it may be, but I, but I think that you have the ability as an as individual, as a person to control the reactions of those around you based on how you respond and react as well. That is so, so very true. And to give a real life, like I had that with the emails. I, I even learned through like a, a lawyer that I worked with. I'd notice his responses would be like, people would write like paragraphs to him. A lot of them would be going off on these tangents and emotions. Yeah. And I noticed his responses would be really like short and factual. It'd be like, thank you. I'll need to consider that. Um, and we'll have to rediscuss uh, how you're determining that like last part right there. I look Great. forward to our discussion. And it, he, he wasn't being like political and like dancing around and trying to avoid it. Right. But it was almost, it almost like diffused and there'd be all these other people replied CC'd on the email. So there, there could, and people would chime in about these. And so I learned like, I wonder why he's not because like they kind of personally attacked him here and like yeah. the older version of me or younger was like, how is he? And, and so a lot of it, Michael's like dropping your whole ego too. Yeah. And, and realizing, wait a second, who can like, and focusing more on the outcome, like what's right. the bigger outcome that I'm needing to. So, okay. So this person's saying that and I can diffuse it by being like not even acknowledging half those things that they brought up, which mean nothing and just help calmly steer back to the point. Yeah. I love and that. That gets them to kind of be like, Oh, okay. So yeah, that. no, that's awesome. So um, last thing before we kind of wrap up and uh, obviously I want you to share with us where people can find you and where you can find your book and all those things. Um, sure. But so obviously, you know, nationwide we've just gone through a very interesting time um with you know COVID-19 and shutdowns and lockdowns and and all that if you're open to it what's something that um in your business or your area of expertise that you've really struggled with during these times and how have you uh challenged yourself or how have you pushed yourself to get through it and get to the other side yeah it's a great great question um you know, we're all still 
going through it. it mm-hmm. It's this isn't this isn't over. Well, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know we're in the and we there's a lot of unknown, and so I, one thing is to get the information that you need to know, but then stop like overdosing on information and 24 hour news and LinkedIn articles. And, uh, and you know what I mean? And and I'm not saying not like get what you truly need to know to be, to be safe and to be able to conduct your business, but then like back off from it or else you're going to go down a wormhole. That's just going to drive you crazy and give you way worse anxiety. And put that into taking action and, and just knowing for something for me personally with my team and everyone else is, is what I continue to do through this. I've learned, especially like in hard times is mm-hmm. like over communicate. Okay. First under communicate. So, because when people are left like in the unknown, they're going to default to the worst case scenario. Yeah. Right. So, so whether you're even dealing with, team members that you have or you have like subcontractors that you're working with or people that are clients in different projects is being like hey you know we don't know 100 percent. like especially like a few months like what is going to come through this and i and i i don't know all the answers i don't have a crystal ball of course but like i could tell like i met my i like i promise you and I told my team this at one point, like I'm doing everything possible to to get us through this. And like, right. we're going to keep pushing through this as a team. And, and I don't know, like all the, and, and just continuing to open up and like, to, and, and sometimes I'd be really afraid and I wouldn't dump all that on them. Like, right, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to meet, but I would open up, you know, and be real. And, and that, even though like not knowing, but, but communicating right. helps unify the team and stuff more. I couldn't agree and, more. And we've really pushed through it as, as a result of that. And then also um, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, something else too is even like with working with different clients and stuff, a, a huge thing is really communicating together and instead of being like so a client might just be like i can't afford your services i'm quitting or you might have to be like i have you in a contract you it could be coming together like hey we like we're struggling to meet our our expenses this month right. and i want to keep working with you you know what can we do to just to help work just be on like how can we work together or a good friend of mine that had a barber shop and they were closed for months and he had to talk and be like, I I need to keep this lease. How, and a lot of people, you know, were willing, if you're willing to over communicate. And I think, I think the importance is like, be drop your ego Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable. Then um, you can get a lot more accomplished and, not like immediately argue and someone be like, I'm getting my lawyer. You owe me the 12 months rent. And right, they, right. they were able to really negotiate some terms that worked out. So on awesome. one end, like the, the leasey or the owner got paid something versus nothing. Right. And then like my good friend that was a barber was able to keep it going throughout that. 
And then they made a plan of how they'd pay like the other, you know, there's, there's yeah, how they make it up always later. options. Right. And, right. and I think that's a huge key too, is keep like looking into all the options in the industry, like that you're in. Mm-hmm. And I would constantly throughout like dream shine, the rules are changing every day with a state and with COVID yeah, and sure. the regulations. So I would be like staying on top of those all the time but not constantly watching everything else in the news, but being the expert in the area that I need to be. Right. And not wasting a bunch of time and energy in the areas where I don't need to be. And I think that's another huge takeaway is like where you're focusing your energy. Yep. Focus on what you can control or what you can fix or change. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that help? Oh yeah. No, that 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 hundred percent makes sense. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, so tell us, you know, where, where we can find you. If people want to check out your book, if they want to find you online, uh, where's the best place to find you? Oh, sure. Um, probably the best is my main webpage. It's, it's just my name, Mark, M-A-R-K Menard, M-I-N-A-R-D.net. Okay. And, um, and the book's on Amazon for pre-order now, as you mentioned, but all my social media, the podcast, everything's on the website. Awesome. I love to connect every with everyone. I try my best to respond to everyone. Absolutely. Post videos, content. So yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're super active and I love it. It's awesome. You're and you're putting out good stuff. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. It's it's a it's an honor. I try try my best. And it's great to have conversations with people like you that um make me think because I don't like when everything's all rehearsed and I try right. to, yeah. To be like, yeah, how did we get through that? Some stuff <laughs> we're still we going through. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we all are, you know? And um, I think that's one thing that I noticed on your pages um, that I really appreciated was just, you know, this is what we're doing and we're figuring it out. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned several things that, you know, I'm in line with. And then I saw that you had the new book coming out. And so I was just like, this this seems like the perfect opportunity to, to get to know more about Mark. So um, I'm... Again, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. 